Welcome. Welcome back. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome back. Welcome. 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 Hey everybody, welcome back to the Anthony and Todd show. Once again, I am your host Trevor and I am Vincent and we're coming back at you with another three albums that we want to talk about this week. The latest grouper album Shade as well as Juan Waters with Real Life Situations and Benny Sings with Music. Benny Sings Music. Well, that's crazy. As I if didn't, he'd I didn't be know. singing to anything else. <laughs> <laughs> singing the phone book, that's what he should be doing. <laughs> I would listen to that in a heartbeat. (laughs) Then he sings the phone book. (laughs) Ouch. Time for a review of the leader's grouper album, Shade. Liz Harris's 2011 album, AIA, Alien Observer, is one of my favorite ambient projects of all time. It comes close to topping Brian Eno's Ambient One music for airports, and that album essentially birthed the genre of ambient music. AIA Alien Zerber is one of the closest things to feeling like you're lost in space. Her addition of elements such as dream and bedroom pop fill out the world and make the empty abyss of space feel populated. Old MacDonald's 2011 album E-I-E-I-O. (laughs) I'm keeping that in. That's stuck there now. Okay. (laughs) I don't think an album's feel has ever had such an impact on the way that I listen Uh, than with the new grouper album, Shade. And I say this specifically because I have no idea what Liz Harris is saying. It doesn't look like I'm the only one with this problem either, as Shade's genius page is riddled with missing lyrics and misquotes. Fans don't seem to mind, and I don't necessarily either, because ultimately it's Harris's use of the human voice as an instrument alone that draws me to this release in the first place. While Shade is more of a bedroom pop album, it still holds that root and flow of ambient music. This thing flows through its 35-minute runtime with ease, making you lose all concept of time because you're entranced in the intimacy and emotion of Liz's performance. Followed the Ocean is a great example of this. The depth of Harris's voice carries over the sea of static, feeling like you're connected to her in some way even though she's so distant in the mix. Shade truly takes the term bedroom pop to a new level. Every recording sounds glitchy and staticky, with a lot of reverb in the background. Liz Harris sounds like she's standing 20 feet from her built-in laptop mic. All of these tracks were recorded over the span of 15 years, and the one thing that holds them all together is the constant static in the background. Instead of feeling like a bunch of disjointed recordings, though, these all sound like they are recorded in the same take, as if Harris pressed record on a tape deck and just played everything in one sitting. The fact that these were all recorded over such a long time span makes me feel like we're seeing different vignettes of Harris's life as she gets older. It actually reminds me a lot of that guy that went viral by taking a selfie every day for like nine years and then putting it into a video compilation. It's easy to notice the changes taking place in that guy's life, and you can pinpoint certain events that made him feel different ways, like when he first enters the relationship with a woman that he'll marry, or when he decides to grow his hair out. In the case of Grouper, it feels like I'm reading the diary of someone I don't know. It's probably wrong ethically, but it's so interesting that I can't look away. Some tracks feel happy, others very longing and sad. On the track Disordered Minds, you can even hear Harris talking to someone else at the end of the recording, teasing them. Different feelings, different recording spaces, different people. A lot of things change over 15 years, and Shade serves as a time capsule of source, capturing those moments in Harris's life. Unclean Mind is more of a conventional bedroom track, 
but even that leads to Liz's strengths. The ethereal tone of her voice complements the simplicity of the song. The song is four minutes of pretty much the same thing, and with other bedroom artists, I wouldn't survive that type of track. But how it's presented in the album, the richness and lo-fi tone, and the compelling vocals lead to it being a completely stacked track. Odes to the blue and pale interior feel like Harris is buried under the weight of a guitar. While the distance prevents you from making out everything she says, you still understand her because the reflection in her voice is still there. And the guitar being loud in the mix leads it to being more emotional as it feels like she's almost put in the shadow of the track. Her physical distance in the mix leads to an emotional distance that comes out while she's hidden in the shade. That's kind of a connection I made out of this whole album, an artist residing in the background of their own work. One other striking thing about this album is its imperfections. I think that comes with the genre of bedroom pop, but it's still something I enjoy hearing. The process of recording is interesting to me, and there's a fine line between putting out a squeaky clean, heavily produced cut and releasing something a little more raw. If the track sounds too raw, however, it starts to feel amateurish in a bad way. The mixing on Shade isn't perfect, but it doesn't need to be. Sometimes Harris's guitar is really loud in the mix while her voice gets buried, like Vincent mentioned. In one track in particular, the way her hair falls We even hear Harris mess up one of the notes and she restarts the phrase to get it right. These kinds of imperfections make the artist feel more endearing to me. The track Disordered Minds feels like a lost tape recording, almost providing a faded vibe similar to that of The Caretaker. A quiet pop song lost in translation due to sound quality and mixing, all leading to this loud blur of a peak which feels shoegaze-like. I like how the drums feel like she's playing on a piece of Tupperware in the kitchen, providing a unique bouncy rhythm to pace out the track. Kelso Blue Sky leads Liz to taking center stage in the spotlight, her most forward presence on this album, lyrically coping with the lost and disconnect of someone in her life. Performance-wise, it feels like she's come out of the shadows and into the sunlight, maturing as an individual and being more comfortable in her own skin, closing out the story of the album. I think it bothered me on my first listen that I couldn't really understand what Harris was saying, but in the grand scheme, it doesn't really matter. I can enjoy the melodies and sentiments without really knowing what's going on. I liken it to watching someone through a window. The glass blocks some of the sound, and you might not be able to hear exactly what the person is saying, but you can determine how they're feeling through other means, such as body language, tone of voice, and inflection. A yell is still a yell, even when you don't know what they said. While I couldn't quite understand the pull of this album at first, it has since grown on me quite a bit. The project flows extremely well, and by the time I breeze through the runtime, I'm ready to crack open the diary again immediately to listen to find new parts of each track to appreciate. Yay! Here's our thoughts on the latest Juan Waters record, Real Life Situations. A while back, and this is completely unrelated, the Grammys ended up in some weird territory when people started questioning what their urban contemporary category was supposed to be. And by people, you mean first it was us, and then everyone else was... everyone on the face of the (laughs) earth watched our video and said, these guys know what they're talking about. No, but it was just, it was kind of erotic because we started talking about it, and like, I think a year or two later was the Tyler thing. (laughs) Yeah, like it got re- it got renamed or whatever. Basically, it was used to describe black music, and they've since changed it to progressive R&B. Uh, but I personally think Juan Waters' new album, Real Life Situations, would be a perfect fit to describe what urban contemporary sounds like. Juan Waters is a Uruguayan-American singer and songwriter who resides in Queens, New York, 
and his love for his adopted city is extremely apparent. Through his music alone, I feel like I'm right there with him in the city, taking in the sights and living as the locals do. This infectious energy and positivity he brings to the table is why I continued to return to this album time and time again. Juan Waters provides one of the most fun albums of the year. His presentation and spontaneity are great on this. His vocals are focused on character and passion, while not putting the most attention on pitch. His ad-libs across this entire thing are hilarious, constantly shouting out, this is a JPW presentation, or his constant, yeah, yeah. This music transitions between a ton of different styles, from traditional indie rock to Latin folk to Sesame Street-style pop music. Juan has so much to share with his audience on this project, and it's an absolute delight. Never sticking with an idea or one style for too long before moving on to something new. The main theme of real-life situations is the radio. It's not the first time something like this has been done, and it surely won't be the last, but I think Juan's perspective on the radio specifically is what makes this approach stand apart from the rest of the pack. There's a passage in the Beastie Boys book that comes to mind when I listen to this album. It talks about the electricity of radio throughout New York City, and how you could be walking down the street and essentially listen to an entire song through other people's radios, whether those be car stereos, store radios, or boom boxes from strangers. The power of radio is understated nowadays, and it's lost some of its power, but Juan calls back to a time when radio was everything. As he states in his description of the album, real-life situations spans genres, narrators, languages, and perspectives with the ease of spinning a dial. Through taking a radio approach, Juan doesn't paint himself into a box and is able to experiment throughout pop, folk, hip-hop, and rock music with a kind of fluidity that a lot of other projects just can't pull off. While style goes a long way, the actual music isn't slacking at all either. Juan has a real knack for writing catchy songs and getting the right collaborating artists to help him capture his vision. The opening Monsoon features lo-fi R&B production from Homeshake, who provides those cheap, cold, plastic beach-like synths that provide character in the atmosphere that match with the character of Juan's voice, in the added pitch vocals that are included. Then presentation with Nick Hakim and Benjamin feels like you're running through a crowded city. The constant hi-hat and bouncing kick and snare gives this track a ton of momentum, the very sound effects throughout add even more of an environment to the track. The light, distorted bass and guitars in the back provided added grooves and textures along the way. Juan keeping pace with everything around him feels natural. All these sound effects and various instruments don't clash with him, and he feels like a character in this world he's created. Unity with Cola Boy feels like it was recorded on Sesame Street. It has this whimsical after-school PBS vibe. Cola and Juan have such great chemistry, rapping and singing about coming together as a society or neighborhood. Cola's voice and ad-libs are something that I've come to love from his features. He really just dominates whatever track he's on. The playful keys glide us through this track up until the very end, where we're met with the harsher synth bass line, high-pitched keys, and a final electric verse from Cola. And when they spell the U-N-I-T-Y together, it's perfection. The Mac DeMarco collab reel starts with emptiness and quiet plucked guitar hidden behind Juan's voice. He lets emotion and passion steer the ship until a bass line and bells take us on a different path for a few moments before heading back to the previous sound. Harsh played keys and an audio snippet implies the track is over before getting into a fuzzy backroads duet with Mac. Both these artists have a playful style so the partnership works so perfectly. This isn't the only Mac collaboration we're going to be talking about today we're going to get into Benny Sings later the duo adds such a fun end to a track that had an intimate beginning 
Some of my personal favorite tracks are the ones where Juan sings in Spanish. Juan really didn't sacrifice any part of himself on this project, and his voice sounds especially smooth on these tracks in particular. It emphasizes the beauty of the language well. Tracks like Carmina Pensa and Acordes feel like grassroots Latin folk songs, as if Juan is just sitting with his friends and family, making music for the sake of making music and enjoying the company. And truthfully, that's the essence of it all. I also really like the JPW theme song that appears a little later, in the style of a fun little local commercial jingle advertising himself and the album that you're already listening to. Lying Down is a quaint indie folk track that feels like it could have been on the soundtrack for Napoleon Dynamite. Faint guitar with even fainter vocals on top with light taps percussion that I can only assume are congas. Juan and Airwaves work so well that it's hard to notice Juan, which could be a detriment to the track, but like most other ideas, it isn't around for long, and then we move to the next idea. The final actual track, Powder, is Juan telling someone that they don't need makeup to be accepted. It's sweet, and it's made sweeter by acoustic guitar in an added string section, a nice final representation of Juan before the album closes. My biggest complaint is that at times, it feels like there are too many interludes or skits on this thing. Not all of them are needed. For most of the album, it feels like you get a song, and then you get an interlude, and then you get a song, and then you get an interlude, and etc. They build the environment, but sometimes they feel like they have no relation to the tone of the album, or they stop the album dead in its tracks for a second. One of my favorite moments on the album doesn't even happen to be a song. It's the track JPW Talking, which is just what it sounds like. In it, Juan directly addresses us as an audience, and spends a couple of seconds just expressing his thoughts and fears. He wonders when he'll play another live show, and says most of the songs were recorded before COVID. Most striking is that he said he was hopping on a plane to Uruguay, his home country, with a one-way ticket. It's this kind of realness that seeps out of every corner of this album. Juan seems like an extremely down-to-earth guy who tries to keep a positive mind about everything. Real-life situations perfectly captures his feelings about the world and environment, just trying to make the world a better place through his music. Go for it! Finally, here's our thoughts on the latest Benny Sings album, Music. Ever since his 2019 album, City Pop, I've really wanted to like Dutch musician Benny Sings. He seems like a likable and interesting artist with a fun style and unique voice, as evidenced by his track Not Enough from that same album. Unfortunately, that was about the only standout moment for me. Nevertheless, Benny kept cropping up on tracks with artists I was already listening to, like on the Free Nationals track Apartment, not to mention his breakout work on the iconic Rex Orange County track, Loving Is Easy. These collaborating artists seem to capture Benny's unique voice in an environment that he couldn't seem to replicate on his own. Fortunately for Benny, his latest album, Music, truly feels like his magnum opus. What I like about this album is once you think a moment is underwhelming, it comes back and gets stuck in your head for days. Music isn't a concept or overall narrative, just a bunch of tracks. I feel like Benny understands that this album didn't need anything to tie it together. The album is just music, fun pop song after fun pop song. This album is mostly keys, drum, and bass. It's instrumentally small but provides a huge punch, leaving plenty of room for Benny's vocals to lie on top. He showcases you don't need to reinvent the wheel with every new release. All you need to do is deliver great performances. Music takes the term blue-eyed soul to a whole new level. Benny creates such lush vocal harmonies with his signature layering effects over these pounding keys. I've heard some people say that Benny's voice is annoying, but I personally find his tone endearing. He glides over the top of these instrumentals and his voice is so smooth. 
Every song sounds like a walk in the park, even when he's singing about heartbreak, rejection, and loneliness. I think this juxtaposition is what makes the record so interesting and keeps you on your toes. Sad music done happy is not a new concept, but Benny makes it work for him really well. At times this album is the happiest form of melancholy, Benny lyrically lingering in the shadows while the instrumentation is the complete opposite. Sunny Afternoon sounds like a happy-go-lucky track with light, warped keys and subtle bass line, but over top Benny explains while everything may be sunny, it's the person he's missing that truly makes the day enjoyable. One of my favorite parts of this record is how easily Benny can switch up his style. For example, Kids, featuring the somewhat left-field feature Kyle, exchanges that soulful feel for a more synth-pop-inspired track. I haven't heard Kyle do anything since his late 2016 hit single, I Spy with Lil Yachty, but I'm impressed with the fun lyrics about young love and the energy he brings to the track. And better yet, I feel that Benny plays into that well and is able to match Kyle. In trying to create a more Kyle-friendly track, so to speak, Benny doesn't sacrifice his own artistry and style. The same goes for the Mac DeMarco collab track, Rolled Up, a very laid-back song about being stuck inside during quarantine. I didn't start out too keen on this track, but I have come to enjoy it more as I've listened more. It feels like a mashup of the two artists' styles. The plucky guitar and bass lines are reminiscent of a typical Mac track, and the piano's slightly out-of-tune saloon style matches the jangly atmosphere well. On Benny's side, his trademark pounding keys and violin passages are still around. What Benny does well is inject a little of his style into what his featured artists create, instead of completely losing his own style to better suit his feature. Rolled Up is an odd couple in appearance. In his music video performance, Benny Sings appears kind of stiff. While his artistry has been way more than that, there's always this uptightness that comes with his appearance. While Mac DeMarco has always been this goofy persona that really is more deep in his music than his appearance lets on. These two look opposite of each other, and that shows up in the music video with Mac DeMarco joking around in his pool while Benny lingers with a stone face in his apartment while watching people dance. But in the end, they find a sweet spot in the middle on this absolute earworm of the track. They find common ground in discomfort, both discussing how they feel tired and completely used. They couldn't be more of a perfect collaboration for the two and the playful little harmony they have at the end is the icing on the cake. The Miracles is such an uplifting sound. Pierre Cottontail's choir harmonizing with Benny on the hook is what Miracles sound like. Emily King is another good contrast for Benny to build off of. Her smooth R&B vibe is a nice surprise on the album. The sound of the track matches with the lyricism as Benny states he doesn't believe in miracles, but he believes the beauty of this woman could be the closest thing to a miracle. While it's clear Benny definitely plays well with others, that's not to say that he slacks on his solo tracks. Here It Comes is probably my favorite track on the album, featuring a very pingy synth patch and a catchy, nostalgic melody. Drums here are king, though, with the beat dominating the mix. The lyrics evoke a sense of being a kid and having a summer ending, signaling the end of one season of life and the exciting beginning of a new one. Its follow-up then, Sunny Afternoon, is a super groovy track with a great bass line and flourishing keys. Like Vincent mentioned, the lyrics don't necessarily reflect the music, though. I interpret it as a relationship that has ended or gone on break, and one person still being in denial about it ending, expecting the other person to come back any second now to enjoy the days with them. I think it perfectly sums up a lot of the songs on music. Melancholy lyrics with an upbeat melody. There's always just a tinge of sadness in Benny's lyrics that make him seem more human. The closing track music is such a pleasant outro to this album. 
Benny sings that music can help him through anything, specifically mentioning a breakup. Benny pleading on how he mourns with music on the hook is such a nice touch. The little different switch up of vocals is nice and provides importance to the track. Also, the horns that pop up on the end are just a garnish to the meal of the track. Overall, I really enjoyed this album, and I've come back to it multiple times over the course of the year. It's exciting to see Benny beginning to realize his full potential as an artist over the past year or so, and music is just a great culmination of that. Not only did he learn a lot from his past entries, but it seems he's continuing to grow as well. His cover of Bruce Springsteen's Dancing in the Dark that came out later this year is excellent and everything I wanted in a cover. And at the time of this recording, just a couple of days ago, Benny put out a new single featuring Mark Rebier, Maki, and Cola Boy, presumably from an upcoming project, Beat Tape 2. I assume this is a follow-up to his original Beat Tape project from 2018, and I'm really looking forward to hearing Benny apply some of his new knowledge to an older concept. I think, however, that music is a great starting point for anyone looking to get into Benny Sings, as just about every track is hit after hit. Well, that about wraps it up for another great, very special episode of The Anthony and Todd Show. And if you want to follow the Anthony and Todd show on social media, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Anthony and Todd. You can find me on Twitter at the Vincent Short. You can find Trevor on Twitter at Alistair McCallis. I have a new album out, Layer Effects, Songs to Inspire Creativity, out right now on Apple Music, Tidal, Spotify, and Amazon Music. I'm feeling Please real stream. creative. I'm feeling it, real creative. It really worked. It really worked. I just went to Ikea. I'm feeling really creative. <laughs> yeah, that's how creative I'm feeling. I went to Ikea. That is the most creative thing you can do with one's life because all the furniture is weird shapes. <laughs> got to read abstract. a bunch of different languages to put it together. <laughs> I got a table that's three different layers, and each layer is a different shape and made out of different material and they're all connected through macaroni. <laughs> That's the real kicker. It was. It took me ten days to put it together, and I had to use a bunch of pieces that weren't in the pack. And the pieces <laughs> that weren't in the pack were just hot glue. I had a ton of pieces left over. But until next time, guys, again, I'm Vincent. I'm Trevor. And see ya, boyos. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. 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 Thank you. Goodbye.